Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back once more and we're into the last hour of a talking point and as I said we are going to be focusing on tramping on our freedom and our democratic constitution and this all around Muhammad Desai um, and uh, the man who launched BDS uh, that is um, and, and what happened at the uh, gym the active virgin gym there and how he was asked to leave the premises because the t-shirt he was wearing was offensive I'm, 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 I'm certain you've heard all about it um, I then encourage you earlier on if you want to make a comment on the issue your comment and use the SMS line 47913 I'm not going to be able to take calls 47913 I see a few has come in your comments on what has happened here um, although Virgin Active has now apologized, and uh, um, but for me, when <laughs> I listened to them, when I read the apology, <laughs> didn't sound that genuine. But that's my personal view. Um, there was still something that still bothered me. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to send in your SMS to four seven nine one three. Now, recently on our breakfast show, just to tell you that we have covered it, and even during drive time with Shafiq Morton. Um, we did speak to BDS Director Mohammed Desai concerning the incident where he was removed from an establishment. You know, it's a gym, it's a version active gym. Uh, he was a member, and because of his attire, the sweater or the T-shirt that he wore, um, and it was not. Uh, so I'm going to leave it there. So, and we've got a lot of what we call uh, clips that we are going to be playing in. And then I would have Dr. Faisal Suleiman, chairperson of, of SAMNET. Um, and I mentioned earlier on that Nadia Mir will join me, a Palestinian activist. But she's serious at a conference and there was a toss up on whether she is going to be able to give us her comments on the issue. And I've just been told um, by the team on the other side, unfortunately, she's not available. But online with us, Dr. Faisal Suleiman. Dr. Faisal, assalamu alaikum to you. It's only my pleasure. Our pleasure. Shukran very much. To, to, to kickstart it all, share your views with on what has happened. Um, I was in a bit of a chat show. It was not, not on radio, but among some friends, and we were debating this issue. And I said, well, we're in a constitutional democracy where our rights are, you know, protected. And then, uh, but the constitution also is very strong and very against hate speech and those sorts of things. And sometimes I get the feeling certain people can't judge between what is fair and what is allowed and what is not allowed. So, um, but but your take on all of this, Dr. Faisal? I think you're quite right. Um, the one is the, you know, the, 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 the constitutionality of uh, the right to freedom of expression, but of course to the point that it does not, does not infringe on, on uh, the sensibilities and the privacy of other people. And I think people always talk about, you know, out in fire in a crowded uh, cinema sort of scenario. Dr. Faisal? Um, what? Oh, Dr. Faisal, my apologies for that. You're coming across very softly. Um, if if you wouldn't mind just speaking up, if possible. Sure, I, 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 uh, I have a bit of a flu, but I'll, I'll speak much louder. Much better, much better, Doctor. All right. Yeah, I, I was saying, you know, the, the example often used, of course, is, is that of, of, of screaming fire in a, in a sort of a crowded cinema or something. Um, it may be your right to do so, but to the extent that it causes harm and infringes of, on the right of the other people to peace, security, and safety is where the, the Constitution limits it. Now, of course, it depends uh, entirely on your point of view in certain, in certain matters uh, where you will want this uh, freedom of expression. Um, to the point where, for example, those of people who are pro-Palestinian would, would immediately argue that uh, Muhammad Dessa or any other person is perfectly entitled. Uh, that, that T-shirt doesn't promote hate, hate speech. It's about a, it's a position to a political entity, namely Zionism. Of course, um, I, 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 I've seen some of the social media comments uh, by Zionists or people uh, opposed to that who are saying that, that that is inherently a 
offensive to them because um, the usual, you know, whether it's anti-Semitic, whether it's um, whatever the excuse they give. And so, you know, uh, what is what, what is one person's freedom and what is the other person's uh, freedom fighter? Now, similarly, one could argue then, and I think this is the point that was also made on, on many of the social media comments, maybe that that, um, that in, in that particular gym, many, many people walk around with uh, the IDF uh, uniform mm. or, or the IDF staff. Now, we do know, for example, in that particular case or that community that many, uh, you know, uh, whether it's Jewish or Zionist uh, young men and women go out to Israel, some on, on, uh, to the kibbutzes, others to actively participate in the Israeli Defense Force in whatever capacity, uh, whether you um, are driving a tractor or you, you know, you're manning a gunship, are you part of the Israeli Defense Force and therefore part of an illegal occupying force. So by the very nature that that symbol itself um, is offensive to people, and, and so would, would if, if Virgin didn't retract, would then anybody else who found that uh, the IDF T-shirt or scarf, or even, in fact, to the point of the Israeli flag, uh, would they be asked, you know, to, to to also remove that? And I think not, um, because there's a power dynamic there. So again, it you know, uh, it, it goes down to your point of view and how you would rationalize it. But at the end of the day, we're bound by the law, and and and, and the law is, is is what, rightly or wrongly, you know, the law is not infallible. But to the point that it tries to find a balance in, in, in societal rights, uh, we we need to follow that law. Oh, certainly. Doctor, I'm going to ask you to hold your thoughts there. I need to um, pay the bills. And just to our listeners, uh, doctor's going to stay online with me till for the duration of the program. And what we'll be listening to is some clips, like, for instance, when we come back from uh, the ad break, we'll listen to the National Arts Festival Artistic Director, Mr. Ishmael Muhammad, and he's based in Grahamstown. We'll listen to what he has to say, and then once we've listened to the clip, uh, Dr. Faisal will comment on, on that for us. Is that fine with you, Doctor? Yes, no, that's fine, thank you. Beautiful. Let's pay the bills. We continue after. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back once more. And as I said earlier today, we chatted to various guests to get their voices heard on this matter, uh, to try and gauge the sentiment of the public around the issue of freedom of expression. Uh, we chatted to National Arts Festival Artistic Director, Mr. Ishmael Mohammed, and he's based in Grahamstown. Uh, doctor, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Beautiful. I'm going to play that clip, and when we're done with it, um, just ask for your comments. Thank you very much for the conversation. I think what's happened has been rather unfortunate. Uh, freedom of expression is one of the tenets of our Constitution. It's an important part of our Constitution. It's something that South Africans have fought for, for very, very hardly. Uh, and we, we need to ensure that that right is, is always uh, 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 served effectively. I think T-shirts have been an effective form of communication throughout our struggle, and they continue to be an effective part of our communication, uh, even in a post-apartheid society. Uh, it's a part of our democracy, freedom of expression, whether it's expressed on T-shirts or whether it's expressed through performance or through music or however, is a way through which people express solidarity, it's a way through which people express fears, it's a way through which people express hope, and curbing any kind of expression in that particular way does uh, impact on the person's rights in terms of those rights that are guaranteed in the Constitution. Well, I, th I think South Africans have expressed solidarity with various struggles across the globe, uh, and they continue to do so. I think the fact that we, we have won our victories in South Africa does not mean that it's the end of the struggle for us. We are part of the greater humanity, and there are South Africans who will continue to express solidarity with, with other struggles around the globe. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we shouldn't find ways of curbing the way people express solidarity. Well, that was the views there of Ishmael Mohammed. He is uh, the National Arts Festival Artistic Director. Um, Dr. Faisal, in one, of, one of the questions that came through on the SMS is, many regard this incident as isolated and blown out of proportion. Do you agree? And then if I've listened there to the National Arts Festival Director, 
Um, one of the questions there would be, um, you know, if we're looking, the reaction that um, the issue res- uh, received, um, do you think it's effective, Doctor? Um, first of all, uh, let me let me say that um, you know that the two you know issues at stake here. One is the, the, the whole principle of the freedom of expression, uh, which is you know discussion in, in itself, um, and 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 Muslims will be very tested if we had to go um, if we look at the issue of the cartoons and freedom of expression to depict the Prophet peace be upon him. Someone had to wear a T-shirt in a predominantly uh, uh, you know, one of those pictures of those horrible cartoons, whether they were the Danish ones or the later ones that Shapiro uh, drew and walked into a, let's uh, say, uh, a Muslim-dominated uh, gym mm. with a T-shirt like that and said, this is this is the prophet of Islam or something like that. Certainly, then our tolerance would be tested. And, and um, so that is a discussion on its own. And as far as the comment goes that this was uh, blown out of proportion, uh, I disagree with that. The, the only difference in, in this case is that it made the media because it resonated with a lot of uh, other South Africans in terms of the blatancy at which Muhammad was just thrown out. But I can tell you, and I'm sure the listeners of us of the Cape, from our own work um, the, in seeing how powerful um, the Zionist lobby is at, 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 at suppressing um, com- con- content about Israel. And in fact, I think it is easier to get criticism of, of Israel published in the Haaretz and it is in South African papers, there's this whole discussion, the, 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 this thing that, for example, the SABC and the Jewish Board of Deputies have this uh, agreement that nothing goes on SABC as far as Palestine goes unless it is first vetted and passed by the Jewish Board of Deputies. And let me give you a simple example. Um, this, you know, the, the stories where those extremist uh, colonialist settlers went in and they burnt the family, uh, uh, you know, and in, in, in that killed at 18 months, burned alive an 18 month old baby, did not make SABC news at all. Um, uh, but uh, some archaeologists found by, by their own BBC clip, uh, some historical artifacts that they think may, I mean, the size of, you know, a one rand coin mm. may date back to uh, something. Even they aren't sure. But that made the SABC, the, you know, news the whole day, trying to give legitimacy to the claim. That uh, you know uh, Solomon's temple was there, and that's why Al-Aqsa is built on it. Now, the, my point uh, that I'm making is, is uh, the, the the blatant bias in the media, um, whether however the Zionists do it, and, and and in support of their cause, they're doing it very well, is there. And uh, I, mean, I I was beaten up by the Jewish defense league on every outcome day on campus for six years. You know, mm-hmm. you know, whenever we marched for Palestine on on what was, and people don't know the last Friday of Ramadan. Which is in you know the Al Quds Bay, um, the, the guys you know came off campus, both like bouncers and soldiers, um, and, and intimidated and beat up the Muslim students, um, and and like that there are hundreds of examples um, of this sort of harassment uh, of people. Uh, so to say that it is blown out of proportion is incorrect. The difference in this case, we did make social media. There was a video uh, proof. Had there not been a, a video proof, and people didn't see the blatancy of it. I don't think it would have had the same impact. So I agree on that. Um, it's another uh, you know, discussion as to how tolerant we are of things that we don't like. Mm. Dr. Faisal, and also if, if we look at, do you think that T-shirt activism uh, can also be regarded as a form of protest? Oh, it is. I think maybe, uh. maybe listeners will also recall a few years ago, um, uh, I, I can't remember who, but someone made a spoof out of uh, Ashley Brewery's, and I think Ashley Brewery's, went to court to try to stop them making this T-shirt, and they lost the case. You know, a sort of David and Goliath um, sort of scenario. And because the courts held that the, 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 that spoof uh, that was everybody taking the mickey out of uh, S.A. wasn't an incitement to, to hate or to violence. It was just, uh, or it didn't do good for the corporate image of S.A. You know, from their point of view, brand value was being eroded. Um, but certainly... Um, the, you know, the, the, the court upheld the right of those people to, to, to have a, a, a go or to take the mickey out of S.A. Breweries. And, and, and similarly, uh, T-shirt activism, I think all of us who remember the apartheid days, even now at, at Congresses, particularly, you know, the trade unions, T-shirts and the slogans are an inherent part of the politicking, inherent part of the debate, 
uh, like songs, you know, whether it's freedom songs or songs in uh, different political conventions. Um, even the DA has taken up to realizing that the value of songs uh, in politicking. Um, so, so whether it's T-shirts, whether it's songs, whether it's cartoons, these are integral parts of activism. Okay, I think we need to pay the bills again. My guest with me online is Dr. Faisal Suleiman, the chairperson of SAMNET. Doctor, again, I need to go for a very short break and we'll continue after this. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back once more to this evening's edition of Talking Point. And this evening we are speaking about trampling on our freedoms and our democratic constitution. My guest with me is still online, Dr. Faisal Suleiman. And we need to say shukran to doctor. Doctor's either got uh, a cold or flu at the moment. Um, but certainly giving us an insight into how we, as ordinary citizens, view this. I want to share some SMSs with you. Again, 47913, your comments, and intermittently I'll be sharing them. Uh, one just says here, let me see. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Please, Muhammad, decide. Put this T-shirt into production. We all want to wear it with pride, inshallah. And I want to focus on this year, Dr. Virgin Active became their very worst enemy. Um, the various items in the newspapers that I've seen and I read the Sunday Times yesterday, the big boss flew down himself to come and deal with us. This decision that the staff there had taken. But if I listen to his comments uh, in a statement, he's saying that during an investigation into the incident, it emerged that the gym's management took understandable decisions in a very difficult, complex, fast-evolving and volatile situation. Um, it rubs me a little bit the wrong way instead of just apologizing and getting the media and everybody off your and social media off your back they're still saying that you know staff acted here and it's amazing for me that in our uh, um, democracy that we still have uh, business houses where the staff act unilaterally and trampling on people's rights particularly as in this one now doctor we also spoke to Louise the daughter of the famous Anne Colvin a founding member of the women's anti-apartheid organization, the Black Sash, certainly we all know about them, and worked very closely with the Natal Indian Congress, the End Conscription Campaign, the Detainees Support Committee, and church organizations like the Diaconia Council of Churches and the UDF, etc. Now, Louise herself is an ex-MK veteran and uh, with a long-standing record. And when asked the question on the issue of trampling on our constitutional rights, this is what she had to say. Thank you, and hello to listeners. And um, what I think it does is it, it, it focuses our minds on the greater issue of, of freedom of expression in particular. You know, I think perhaps it's a mistake. I think uh, Virgin Active is red-faced about it. But the point is that if we don't really defend those kind of freedoms that we long fought for, then we become complacent, and then this will happen more and more. And I think that's the growing concern amongst not only activists or struggle people, but every human citizen of this country is getting more and more concerned about how decisions are being made, a lack of a participatory democracy, um, and at the center of it is sort of growing corruption, which, you know, that it's growing um, cozy relationships between profiteers and political decision makers, and it seems like they decide for us. So that's participatory democracy that we fought for, and with that comes many freedoms, like freedom of expression, um, our, our human rights, and our wonderful, that is supported by our wonderful constitution. But suddenly, if things are being done not for the good of the people or with the people or by the people, then that erodes our, our democracy. So, you know, particularly I'm back in the streets being active because one feels that 
there are decisions being made that are not for the good of us. And whether it's kind of, you know, issues like the nuclear power, whether it's the mining, whether it's this operation Pakisa looking for uh, oil exploration and what it does to the environment or fracking, there are many, many critical issues that are facing us that we need to decide what is in the best interest of our land, our country, and our people. And this is not happening. It seems like deals are being done behind people's backs, and we are just being faced with decisions that are being made. And somehow we seem not to have the voice that we should be having to counter this. Um, and, and so I think it's really good that something like the Virgin Active incident reminds us that, you know, we might have won the freedom, so I think there's a lot to be proud of, but we've still got to fight to ensure that they're implemented. You know, I think there are many decisions that um, any nation has to make that have repercussions, um, and it's always a sort of balance uh, very often, you know, like we use the energy crisis, and we're in desperate need, we're, we're coal-rich, so use coal, but coal has lots of ramifications. I think really around the issue of corruption. I think the rock started when we decided to dive into the sea with the biggest sharks around, i.e. the arms deal types who are known for corruption. They're known for nepotism. And we set off for that, and soon it became very obvious, without actually kind of doing anything illegal, that all it had to do was be politically connected and put the big profiteers in touch with the political decision makers and you got handsomely paid. And it seemed that that became an accepted kind of culture thereon. Um, and, and I think we know globally that the big, huge monopoly capital um, certainly tries to buy its way through to, to decision makers. And I think that's been happening here. Uh, to a great degree, then once that happens, you start to have to protect those interests, that collusion of interest. And um, that's when you start to see the corruption happening. You start to see institutions, if they haven't got the right people who can make them, the decisions that they're happy with, you get rid of them. I mean, we have so many cases in the paper lately of, of people you know, lying and deceiving, but also people who have been going after criminal things like the SARS case. And suddenly we find the very people who are doing right and trying to expose corruption and criminal um, activity, they're the ones who suddenly get shot down. Um, and ones that were amazing comrades who did so much for the struggle, then you begin to question how is this happening and why is this happening? And I, I think it just becomes a kind of festering pool of protecting yourself and, and um, ensuring that, that you share the profits. And I think this is hugely problematic because it means there's lack of accountability. And, you know, everywhere on everyone's lips, is about the corruption, is about the kind of collapse of the uh, state institutions. Our government seems to be becoming less effective. There again, you know, new ministers come in, they wipe out the old, they don't build on institutional knowledge and utilize the, the skills they've got there. They want to bring their own people and off we go in another direction. And a lot of these things were identified in the diagnostic report for the National Development Plan. But it seems that we're not dealing with them, and certainly not in a transparent and accountable way. So I think it does come to what is the role of a citizen within this? How do we ensure that we can bring an end to these things and that there is kind of honesty and accountability on behalf of government? And uh, that's why I think this big alliance against corruption is critically important because it's bringing people together not because they have a particular vested interest in one sector or the other but because at the heart of the challenges we face is this malaise of corruption, nepotism and cronyism um, so it's time that we all were heard and I think the Virgin Active incident just raises the bar on that one, it kind of highlights that this is for real you have to
defend our democracy. Well, there we've listened to Louise Colvin, and as I said, a daughter of uh, the famous Anne Colvin, a founding member of the Black Shares. Louise herself, in fact, is an MK veteran, and uh, still online with us, Dr. Faisal Suleiman. Um, Doctor, if we listen there, and, and I mean she raises some very, very valuable points because at the moment um, we are all aware of what's going on. We listen to the news and we hear about corruption, the golden handshakes, and, we, and, and it's millions. And, and, and people are asking, but where are we going? When we look at nepotism, cronyism, and corruption, are these acceptable ingredients? Oh, yes, certainly. For the making of the revolution, um, <clears throat> One just looks at, uh, one has to look at the growth of the EFF, you know, with no real policies um, other than vague, you know, statements about uh, redistribution, about nationalization of state assets or mines, about land redistribution. Nothing tangible, nothing better down that this is exactly what we believe. But the growth, other than, of course, Mr. Malema's uh, captivating charm, um, the, the growth among disenfranchised. Uh, young people and the the, the, the rapidity of the growth, it may well be the indication of uh, of, of that um, you know heartfulness. I mm. think the word that summarizes all of this, um, and, and and that uh, you know is, is the making of of people who are easily swayed, um, and and I think that that, that anger eventually will tip over uh, into a, a, a mass movement, um, whether that mass movement is under the the banner of, of depending who deciding to go left, the trade union movement as we know themselves are uh, in a conundrum at the moment with the potential threat in Kosato and, and everything that's going on there. But who is there to represent the left? I mean, uh, you know, all the points she makes are perfectly correct. You know, uh, right of the political spectrum, um, there's, there's essentially a convergence between between uh, politicians uh, and capital. You know, empire is, uh, as well, uh, Arundhati Rai refers to it. On the left, much of the left is now, you know, is, is, is central left, you know, and, and uh, the, the, far, the far left is a little bit disorganized, uh, unable to breach the media, unable to breach, um, uh, you know, whether it's lack of funding or disorganization. And so that space is up, is, is, is up there to be grabbed, and at the moment it seems like the EFF are the ones organized enough. Uh, however they're doing it, whether it's the, the rockets in Parliament, whether it's, you know, all the antics they're up to, but they are, 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 are filling up that space, uh, rightfully or wrongfully. And I, and I think all of these things, there has to be a tipping point. We just have to see, I mean, you know, let me use a, a simple example. The rent to the dollar is now close on 13. Oh, yes. Um, which is lucky, no, not lucky, there are other reasons for it. That the, the, the dollar oil price has, has fallen at, at around 60. Can you imagine if the dollar oil price was at $100 per, per barrel mm-hmm. and we paid 13 rand uh, per, uh, you know, per, per dollar? Uh, our petrol price would be in the region of 16, 17 rand a liter, mm-hmm. not more. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the economic impact on 17 rand a liter of petrol, uh, particularly on, on the poor? And, and, and that we've seen, what, some 13,000 service delivery protests last year, even more this year. Um, you know, sometimes people think these are just, you know, you know, people making a noise or they don't care for themselves or whatever the reasons. But those service delivery protests are a symptom of the growing unrest, of the growing, um, you know, uh, frustration. And a lot of it can be traced back to the fact that the resources that should have been spent developing South Africa have been filtered through much of which has left the country uh, through, as has as been said, you know, nepotism, cronyism. Uh, corruption and, and, and blatant uh, raping of our country's resources. Well, certainly, because it often amazes me if I look at, uh, and you mentioned there the EFF, you look at um, the membership. All young young South Africans, you know, um, I'm probably one of those who still sit with the old mindset, you know, um, been, been raised in the heart of apartheid and that. But young people are taking note of what's going on, and they're not stupid anymore, and, and they you know, putting one and one together. Doctor, um, <coughs> my apologies. I myself am sitting with a terrible cold here on this. I also want you to listen or us to listen to, just before I go there, I want to have a look at the SMSs here. 
and it says, um, Salam Buddha Jamil, one can ask, how is democracy defined in South Africa? We certainly have a very long way to go. Yeah, somebody would say that. And then the other one would be, the South African Bill of Rights is explicit. Freedom of association, one can belong to any organization or party, etc. Freedom of speech, one can express yourself, uh, etc. And the way to go, Shahid, we are all behind you. Okay, so I'm going to leave that one there. Uh, but, um, Doctor, I now want us to listen to um, a gentleman having his say on inequality and intimidation. And for that, we spoke to Executive Director of African Art Institute, Mike Van Graan. And this is what he had to say. Well, I think that what it shows is that there are very many different ways in which freedom of expression is suppressed or attempts are made in order to silence criticism or, um, you know, basically opinions that those in power might not particularly approve of. So we no longer have um, a censorship authority like we did in the apartheid era. We have freedom of expression and freedom of the media guarantee in our, in our constitution. But um, those in power, those who exercise political and economic hegemony in our country, um, they still seem to think that they have the ability to uh, suppress freedom of expression or ensure that their points of view are the dominant ones. Well, I think that the only way in which democracy is going to happen in our country or be defended and the only way in which freedom of expression is going to be um, advanced in our country is for us as citizens to practice it. The Constitution exists for us as citizens. It doesn't exist for government. It doesn't exist for corporate powers. It exists for ordinary people. And it empowers us to basically pursue our interests and to exercise the freedoms that are guaranteed in the Constitution. So the only way in which these things are going to be done is if we practice them. And if we as individuals um, are threatened or find it difficult to kind of act on our own um, or might not be as brave in exercising these freedoms as many people are, uh, many people are intimidated, then, you know, that is when we need to form alliances with other people, where we need to form organizations, where we need to be part of broader structures that advance our particular causes and that defend our rights. Otherwise, those who occupy those spaces are going to continue to be dominant and they'll define our democracy and they'll define freedom of expression in their image. Well, there we listen to Executive Director of African Art Institute, Mike van Graan. Doctor, your comments on what he had to say? Uh, look, uh, as I said, you know, I, I think um, we, we have to be, uh, you know, as Muslims, we have to be very careful because, uh, you know, someone on the outside would easily think, um, you know, put up a mirror and say, look at yourself. Mm. But, I mean, we, we, we tolerate in the sense that it's not tolerant, but we, we have to live in a country whose constitution makes lawful things that as Muslims we inherently opposed to and, and, and consider uh, unacceptable, and that would extend to the, the alcohol, pornography, or unity, violence, sex on TV, uh, whether it's magazines, whatever. Uh, it could extend to, to same-sex marriages. Now, these, of course, these things are unacceptable, but we live in a constitutional democracy that has made this, and we, we as much as we don't like it, and we, it still doesn't mean we can't campaign for it or campaign for change, for example, as does gun-free South Africa, to a gun ownership is illegal, and the gun-free, you know, um, are on a constant campaign to try and, and, and convince the public otherwise. And we could be doing the same uh, in terms of alcohol, in terms of stuff for the alcohol advertising, perhaps. Yeah. Now, where, where we have to be very careful is the example I use, and that is um, though those cartoons, um, and I said, what if someone has a T-shirt like this and decides they're going to, to walk into... Muslim-dominated um, gym, for example, um, would, would that be a test? Would we be comfortable? Um, you know, uh, we know in certain communities in South Africa, uh, Durban being one of them, mm. people are very intolerant of whether it's a Diobandi, Baraldi, very intolerant of each other. You know, so I think, yes, at a theoretical level, I think we all understand the law. I think we all, uh, in this case, are, are happy to, to shout out for freedom of expression uh, because it's, it's, it's pro-Palestinian and for the right reasons, and that is absolutely right. And I think we must be careful 
on one, you know, on the concept that uh, there should be no limits or this is a free for all. Because I think the the, the best example is going to be uh, someone starts to demonize a prophet and draw cartoons um, and 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 then uh, you know uh, do men look like hypocrites and say, hold on, but that's not true. Now, what is what is human and what is quite normal is for people to advocate um, in advance in advance of their cause. So I have no problem which is what Sam did and with other organizations. For example, originally on the Danish cartoons, the Muslim community went to court to get an interdict to stop the publication. Uh, I think it was the Sunday Times at that, at that stage or the Mail and Guardian. And similarly, uh, when, when the Piro published uh, or drew those cartoons, you know, uh, supposedly uh, the prophet saying, I wish I had um, prophet build, uh, you know, a tolerant followers like, like Moses, um, we would went in, you know, People met with the editor and explained to him the reasons. Um, and then even it comes down to bringing, you know, whether it was economic pressure within the law. And, 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 and people use that all the time, you know, whether it's the courts, whether it's um, economic pressure, whether it's, uh, you know, going and saying, you know, for example, a newspaper, we are your advertisers. And that I imagine is how, uh, for example, the SABC, uh, uh, as far as the Palestine uh, struggle goes, is probably economic pressure from large advertisers. So um, people do that, and that will continue, irrespective of the theory around freedom of expression. But if it's permitted in the law, and, and, and if, if it relates to a principle, that will go on, whether we like it or not. Um, it's just that I think we have to be very careful to stand out at the moment and say, yes, absolute freedom of expression is, is fine, because tomorrow that may well come back to bite us. Oh, absolutely. Well, our guest with us, Dr. Faisal Suleiman, and uh, is the chairperson of SAMNET. Uh, Doctor, again, I've got to go and pay the bills, and we'll continue just after this. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Is your child struggling with physics or just needing to improve their grades? Kip McGrath is here to help in all learning areas. Contact the Kip McGrath Centre in Athlone on 021-633-5133. We all know the long-term effects of hunger run deep and cripple whole communities. Malnutrition leads to poor health and continued poverty from one generation to the next. Support Muslim Hands Orphan Sponsorship, Feeding Schemes, Emergency Relief, Education, Income Generation and Safe Water Projects. Have a heart, make a difference and donate generously. Call Muslim Hands today on 021-633-6413 or visit muslimhands.org.za to make a difference. Muslim Hands, united for the needy. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Oh, talking point continues, Doctor. I must say, having listened uh, <clears throat> to what was said there now, I recalled I read letters to the editor, and uh, I was reading this article, and this guy was very critical of the Muslim world. And I must say, uh, these were things where, you know, when I sit with friends, um, non-Muslim friends, and, and we are very, very close, we debate these issues. I try and answer as best as I can. I would, you know throw something his way we have a lot of fun at this and so we get to know each other and we learn about each other but this newspaper the letter to the editor and it went on about the state of the middle east like you know what's happening in libya iraq and the muslims are killing uh, by the thousands and they bloodthirsty and i thought how can this newspaper print this letter and i thought oh, don't be so uh so niggly, if it's, if it's a reality out there, that's, that's the perception that uh, non-Muslims would get of it. And, and then also there was an article about <clears throat> the first batch of Cape Townians leaving for Hajj. And I read it and it was all nice. And, and I, was kind of, I wanted to get to the part where, and then one of the officials was quoted. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to hear about what, what measures are in place, uh, you know. Normally they would say, don't come, you know. Just to come with uh, a hujaj going away or so. Don't come in your groups. 
And in fact, <laughs> what the official spoke about was uh, warning, uh, giving warnings and saying not to use certain terms like bombs and etc. and etc. I thought about that. Why? Why this? <laughs> I was going to. Th- I thought it was. I was going to be told about parking, you know, and park properly and. Uh, um, and, and, and uh, there is a special area marked off for Hujats to live in. It just rubbed me the wrong way. But again, as I say, I've got a thick skin and I thought, oh, wow, man, just, just leave it there. But, Doctor, I know, <clears throat> I apologize for that. We also spoke to the district secretary of the Young Communist League uh, from KwaZulu-Natal, Maluzi Mantenjiewi. I hope I've got that right. And some very interesting information was said uh, when we asked, how free are we in our democratic constitution? And this is what he had to say. Um, thank you. Firstly, as the YCL, we were shocked and infuriated by the um, acts of Virgin Active in Houghton to remove our, to try and remove our member, our National Committee member, Mr. Um, Mohammed Desai, for wearing a T-shirt that had um, the image of Comrade Chris Hani, our former General Secretary of the SACP, who is celebrated across South Africa for his role in the anti-apartheid um, liberation struggle. Um, and also the T-shirt had an, a, a, had an icon of um, the PDS movement. We feel that um, his freedom of speech was actually infringed um, by uh, Virgin Active. Um, We also would like to believe that this was not uh, influenced by the recent appointment of Mr. Simon Sussman, who who is the Woolworths chairperson, who is now the Virgin Active chairperson. We would like to believe that that actually had nothing to do with Woolworths and Mr. Simon Sussman. Uh, in terms of trying to remove our national committee member, Mr. Mohammed Desai. We also um, infuriated because um, in Chapter 2 of our Constitution, where you have the Bill of Rights, Section 7 of the Constitution is quite clear that our Bill of Rights are, are actually the cornerstone of our democracy in South Africa. And it says that it enshrines um, the rights of all people of our country to affirm democratic values of dignity, equality, and freedom. And goes on further to uh, actually break down how this law actually applies. It says it applies to all law. It applies to the judiciary, the executive. It applies to um, um, um um, the legislation and it all the legislative and it also says it applies to neutral natural and juristic persons now virgin active is a juristic uh, a person um this law this bill of rights actually apply to uh, a virgin active as much as they reserve the right of admission we understand a gym as being part of, you know, public space in which people can freely um, express their uh, speech, their right of association, their political views, their political beliefs, and for someone to be removed from a virgin active because of they supposedly um, were making certain clients unhappy, we, we feel that Everyone has equality above, uh, uh, before the law. No one is above the law. Everyone enjoys uh, uh, the same rights, and therefore we feel that Mr. Desai's rights as a citizen of South Africa was actually infringed upon, to which uh, we feel that the uh, response of management was, was not appropriate. It, it, it really... Um, to us, it infuriates us and, and really shocked us what we saw um, coming out of that particular incident. Although well, we've listened to the uh, District Secretary of the Young Communist League from KwaZulu-Natal. Dr. Faisal, uh, many would, who's just listened to this clip would find, um, you know, the news to hear that Mr. Simon Sussman has been appointed chairperson of Virgin Active. Uh, does that news change your sentiments? around the issue? 
No, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if anything, I suppose it may go to explain uh, what happened. Um, but no, I, I, you know, the, the law is clear. Um, the, the, I think it's, it's common cause that uh, Mohammed rights, uh, you know, were infringed. <clears throat> the, 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 what I do believe, though, is uh, I, I imagine Virgin is now consulting with uh, constitutional law experts. I think they, they're looking at their brand. And we may we may find that they let this die down, and a year from now or six months from now, um, you know, come out with with a policy uh, or, or a, a new um, gym regulation that talks about, you know, the, you know, to, to putting anything offensive. This is a this is a spacement, you know, to be a relaxing environment uh, where you get your blood pressure down and not up. We may find that certainly not in the next few months. Uh, they don't want the fallout. Of what they saw coming, um, so so that I think may still happen, and, and I imagine they're going to get some very clever lawyers to look at something like that that, that uh, prevents this but within the law, or that curtails what you can wear. Uh, but uh, I think after all of the storm has died down, and maybe not even in the next six months or so. Um, the, the way the you know designers lobby operates, that should really not be surprised to anybody. I mentioned SCDC. The same thing could be said. For many and for many of the other, you know, print and electronic media, um, one just has to look at the movies that are played on 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 SEDC, for example, the Scottish and Donner movies. Invariably, it's the Muslims who are there. Who, you know, we have tried from Sunday for years to get documentaries on Palestine shown on SEDC or ETV, and it just doesn't happen. We try to get you know movies that that make Palestinians look like humans. Um, or on SCBC and it won't happen, but you will find movies on the Holocaust, you know, that are, and, and so, so you'd find a continuing, continuation of a narrative that shows one, one community, uh, in a sympathetic and empathetic light, uh, to be sympathized with, and another community, the only time you see them is in a violent, uh, portrayal. You don't see a movie or a documentary that shows them as victims, that shows them as human beings, with ordinary people with ordinary aspirations of education and, and, and even wealth and, and the good things of life uh, that would make you want to feel sympathy for them. Uh, and in that same vein, you know, people can, and, and rightfully so, identify with the rhino or the whale, and we should as Muslims be identifying very strongly with that, but have no problem knowing that someone has been forced and tortured um, and, and electrocuted and had waterboarding in Guantanamo without an issue. Mm. Because you've been desensitized to think about those people as human beings. Um, and, and so this, this process is ongoing, uh, and, and it shouldn't be a surprise this is lobbying and, and the, that results in, in this is ongoing and should really not be a surprise to anybody. Certainly. If we look at the way forward, Doctor, this is one of those cases, and, uh, you know, I was... Um, and having listened to Muhammad Desai, he was saying that, <laughs> you know, as an active force, unapologetic and until he threatened them that, uh, he, okay, then we'll meet in court. And, and then they um, then they took another view. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me when you say that they are reviewing their policies. Um, but as South Africans, um, we've listened, uh, we know of the Bill of Rights. Um, the various chapters. How important is it for us to be aware of these rights, and uh, also that? Um, and, and how do we caution us to, you know, when we when we go public, that what we say should be um, with under the Bill of Rights, that we that we ourselves don't now become. Um, the aggressor in, 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 in what we do. How do we, how do we go forward? Look, I think, um, first of all, you know, alluding to your previous question about, you know, the, the comments you made about the, the, the discussion with friends in the letter to the editor in other newspapers, I think we have to say at the outset that the Muslims are very, very intolerant. We have them in South Africa, we have them all over the world. Uh, they're intolerant to other people of other, uh, whether they it's a remnant of the caste system from India, whether it's a race-based, whether it's socio-economic based, and whether, more importantly, um, it's a religion-based, which 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 not have you follow, uh, whether you, you you know all of those divisions that we know very well, and mm-hmm. there are <coughs> very intolerant racist Muslims among all of us. 
Um, so that I think is, is, is we have to acknowledge that and, and regrettably so. However, what one, what one sees in the Middle East is a combination of a lot of interference, a lot of third force activity, a lot of divide and rule. Um, I think we all know how that works. False flag operations, uh, planting bombs in different uh, you know communities, mm. all of that. Um, so uh, there are different political dimensions to what you see in the Middle East. The, the fearism, the Wahhabism, the, the, the radicalization of the ISIS, etc. that we see is, is, um, is, is something that is politically driven uh, with other political uh, uh, agendas at play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that is the first thing that you know we have to differentiate mm-hmm. between. Doctor, are you still with us? Hello, Doctor, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay, that's more. Doctor, unfortunately, I've got to leave it on that note. I say shukran very, very much for your time with us and uh, analyzing all the statements we've listened to. Shukran, Doctor, and I say to you, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Well, that was Dr. Faisal Suleiman, chairperson of SAMNET. Well, now, just before I leave, uh, I mentioned earlier on that Dr. Faisal Suleiman couldn't um, um, join us, and we want to listen to a last comment that he had to share. And uh, let's just listen to this. South African law rightfully protects the public from harmful discrimination. That includes discrimination based on belief and conscience, which is expressly prohibited in terms of Article 9, Section 4 of the Bill of Rights. The rights to private property and free association are not absolute and must then be compliant with the Constitution, especially when property is used to offer public service, as in the case of uh, Virgin Active. No one should be allowed to trample on the rights of others by asserting their rights supersede those of others around them. Pro-Israeli organized lobby groups and individuals repeatedly attempt to dictate what is and isn't acceptable with a fallback position that conflates criticism of Israel and its racist policies with anti-Semitism. Corporations and private institutions that continue to pander to those that seek to violate our constitutionally guaranteed freedom of expression in public and private places should be challenged. And it is very good to see what finally emerged with Virgin Active. Well, in fact, that was Nadia Mir, I guess, who couldn't join us, but she's the person who initiated the show with Dr. Faisal Suleiman. That's a wrap from me, Yusuf Fisher in-house. So from me, Jamil, my thanks to Abina Muhammad. I say to you, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, lekker aan allemaal.